Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tonight on Huckabee, Wisconsin Congressman Derek Van Orden, best-selling author Dick Morris, pastry princess Whitney Miller, a Yuletide tune from the Music City Connection. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbray. Thank you, and Merry Christmas, everyone. I don't know if you know this or not, but last Saturday evening, a massive tornado struck Middle Tennessee and ripped through a number of communities like Gallatin, Clarksville, Madison, parts of Nashville, and Hendersonville. That's where our TBN campus is located, and it's the home of our theater, right where we do this show. We caught up with Hendersonville Mayor Jamie Clary for a little update. I want you to watch. We were hit by a tornado Saturday evening, uh, and it immediately affected um, several businesses in our business area, uh, but also a neighborhood and then a couple other neighborhoods uh, as the tornado skipped around a little bit. Um, we probably have 20 businesses at this point that are destroyed. Uh, we'll see that go up just as insurance and financial considerations are, are, are discovered. Um, but we have, oh, right now we probably have 10 houses that are unlivable. We'll have more to be the case. We have several that uh, we can't allow anybody back into right now. Fortunately, we had immediately phone calls from neighboring cities to help us out. Gallatin is to our east, Nashville is to our west. Both of those mayors reached out to me almost as soon as the tornado went through, and both of them had had damage, but they reached out to offer help to us. Then the cities of Mount Juliet and Lebanon and, gosh, Murfreesboro and Smyrna and Portland, Millersville, Goodlettsville, all surrounding us, all in Middle Tennessee, as well as cities from further away that offer their help. And that was incredibly helpful. I hope that we are as generous to other cities when they have needs as they have been to us. We have an all-out volunteer day, which is in two days. Uh, the United Way of Sumner County is helping with that, as well as uh, the Chamber of Commerce in beautiful Hendersonville. Uh, we will probably have somewhere between 500 and 1,000 volunteers. It seems to go up just almost by the minute. And so many of those are people that, that are from Hendersonville, but it's also for people that have seen information about this and want to come help. And uh, that's a wonderful situation to be in. Well, TBN experienced some significant damage to several of our buildings, but our theater was largely spared, and we're able to do our show this week as planned. Quite frankly, it looked a little doubtful just a couple of days ago. But to echo the famous words of the theater and the stage, the show must go on. So thanks to heroic and Herculean efforts by our team that's on site, 
some hardworking employees of the utility companies, as well as the good work of local officials. We're still here, and we're staying on schedule to bring you inspiration, information, and entertainment here on the show. Now, we're blessed that none of our team were injured, and the homes of our folks were largely spared. But the massive storm sadly took the lives of six people, including a small child. Within hours of the storm, our wonderful partners for presenting this show, Samaritan's Purse, were already mobilizing to send teams to the area to help clear debris, assist in human suffering, and help displaced residents recover. Each week, we talk about the great work of Samaritan's Purse, but we never thought that our own neighborhood would need the volunteers of Samaritan's Purse to help put our community back together. It certainly reminded us that when we ask you to join with Samaritan's Purse, we do so with the personal knowledge that they really do show up and bring much-needed assistance and the comfort of Christ. I hope you'll continue to pray for the people whose lives have been upended. Well, this week also saw a shocking development in the ongoing Biden family business investigation. The president's son, Hunter, was subpoenaed to appear before the House on Wednesday, but he pulled what he must have thought was a cute stunt by showing up at the Senate side of the Capitol making a self-serving and carefully worded statement and pretend that all of his legal troubles are manufactured by the Republicans. And then he failed to actually appear before the House committee. Now, when Peter Navarro, a Trump official, declined to show up for a House hearing, the Department of Justice and the FBI arrested him as he was boarding a plane for Nashville to be on our show. And they put him in handcuffs and leg shackles We'll now see if the DOJ and the FBI will treat Hunter Biden just like they treated Peter Navarro, as well as Steve Bannon. Both of them declined because they believed they were protected under executive privilege due to the separation of powers that's in the Constitution. Hunter, he just didn't want to answer questions as to what he and his family, particularly his father, actively did to receive millions of dollars from Ukrainian and Russian oligarchs and from communist Chinese business operators. Seems like some pretty fair questions to find out whether the current president enriched himself and most of his family by selling off influence to some of our worst adversaries on the planet. For those who scoffed at the notion that we got a two-tier justice system, no, it's all fine. We're about to find out just how fair, equal, and just our system really is. If there are no serious consequences for Hunter Biden for thumbing his nose at Congress, but yet there is for Trump staffers, then once and for all, we're going to know. Well, the House vote this week on whether to conduct an impeachment inquiry, it's the right move. Now, it's not an impeachment. A lot of people don't understand. This is just the launch of the official investigation. And if no evidence of misconduct involving the president is uncovered, the matter's settled. That's not like the Kangaroo Court of Congress that bypassed a thorough investigation and rushed forward to impeach President Trump on the flimsiest of accusations and then failed to get it through the Senate. On a final note tonight, I'm going to be traveling to Israel this week in order to show solidarity with our Israeli friends and to meet with government officials there as well as survivors of the savage attack on Jewish citizens on October 7th by Hamas terrorists. I want to do all I can to express to the people of Israel that we stand with them 
And we are appalled by the disgusting display of hatred that's being expressed on university campuses, in the streets, around the world, and especially in the media. We want to communicate that we will continue to bless Israel. Well, we've got a great lineup of guests tonight, and our own Keith Bilbrey is going to tell us all about it, and he's going to do it right now. Well, Representative Derek Van Orden is with us next. Then, still to come, a festive performance by our very own Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. It's all ahead on Huckabee. Huckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow Huckabee on X. Well, welcome back. My first guest this evening is a 26-year veteran of the United States military where he served as a Navy SEAL, retired with the rank of Navy SEAL Senior Chief. He's a strong advocate of Israel, recently visited Israel to pay homage to those whose lives had been lost on October the 7th. Meanwhile, as war rages in Gaza, Joe Biden is aiming critiques at Prime Minister Netanyahu on the world stage, even accusing his government of indiscriminate bombing. And it's not just Joe Biden. Plenty more far-left Democrats are turning their back on Israel, and by extension, millions of Jewish Americans. No one is more fired up about this than our guest, Congressman Derek Van Orden. He represents Wisconsin's 3rd Congressional District and joins us tonight for the very first time. Give a big welcome to the Congressman. Good to have you here. It is great to be here. I, uh, I really appreciate you having me here. This, this set is amazing. Um, clearly, Christmas is on us, and it's here to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And, and before we get started, if you don't mind, I'd like to say... Merry Christmas to Virginia Whitelock. She is my 90-year-old mother-in-law, and she loves you, and she loves the Lord. So Merry oh, Christmas, Virginia. There you go. Congressman, you just won some brownie points with your mother-in-law. Good for you. <laughs> but you know what? Your mother-in-law must be a wonderful American because she watches the show, That's and right. she likes me. So what else could what I else want? Do you want? If yeah. you left right now, we've had a good segment, just so you know. You and Virginia, I love you too. And thank you for sending your son-in-law to be with us. Um, you just got back from Israel not I too did. long ago, and I appreciate that. I'm going this coming week. Just help us to understand why this matters to Americans. Because I think there's some people say, hey, look, you know, it's terrible what happened. It's awful, but it wasn't on our shore, so it didn't, doesn't matter. But it does matter. Well, let me back up a bit. Um, I have multiple combat tours on different continents. And uh, the United States government always picked which war I'd go to, which I think is a good thing. Uh, but when I retired and I could choose where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do, I made a solemn oath to the Jewish people that if anything like October 7th ever happened, I would go help them to the best of my ability. Mm. Uh, I failed to tell my wife, and she <laughs> was good. wondering why I want to go back into a combat zone. Yeah. And I told her about this oath, and then my wife looked at me and she said, why are you still here? Mm. Because she understands wow. how important the Jewish people are. I had a rabbi in my office the other day, and he said, Derek, you're from rural Wisconsin, and you're such a strong advocate of Israel, you're willing to go there, risk your life during this uncertain times. How did you get this way? And I keep a copy of the King James Bible 
on my desk, and I just picked it up and handed it to him. And I said, Rabbi, this is why, because I, I read this and I believe it. Hmm. And Jews are God's chosen people. Jerusalem is the eternal capital of Israel. And that's just a fact. And, and Refreshing to hear someone in Congress say that. It truly is. Isn't, that is not a view shared by some folks, uh, your colleagues like Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and some of the others who uh, are out there cheering for Hamas. I, I'm just stunned by this, that they're even still in Congress. Well, one of my proudest moments of, in Congress was standing on the House floor and excoriating Ms. Tlaib for calling for the genocide of the Jewish people. Uh, calling for the genocide of any people is wrong. And for her to be a sitting member of Congress, it really is... Uh, it's something that I never thought I'd have to face. So I tell the, the Jewish people, I did several uh, interviews there, spoke to the government officials, and I told them this. There are a group of American citizens, and there's a group of us in Congress that will stand with the Jewish people from the beginning to the end mm. so that from the river to the sea never happens. Mm. And they got to know, um, the Jewish people, that we're standing with them and that we will abide along with them. And we will not allow these things to stand. Well, and I, I think that's so important. After the Holocaust, the world said never again. Right. And then we looked up on October the 7th and said, it's happening again. And therefore, we can't let it be again. Right. And so I really appreciate that. Uh, this week, big moment in uh, Washington, Hunter Biden basically walked over, thumbed his nose, uh, gave a big obscene gesture to the members of Congress and said, I don't have to talk to you. And he walked away. That's correct. I wonder what would happen if, if Joe Biden was still a senator and Donald Trump Jr. had done that. Mm. What, would, what would Joe Biden's response have been <laughs> to Donald Trump Jr.? It certainly would have been ambivalence. Yeah. So there is either equal justice under the law, which is what's written by the Supreme Court, or there's not. And unfortunately, over these last couple of years, we're really seeing a two or even three-tiered justice system. So Hunter Biden needs to be held accountable for what he's been doing. And we voted to uh, forward an impeachment inquiry. I was listening to your monologue. You nailed it. Spot on. This is not an impeachment process. It is launching the formal investigation. And we have to do that. It's part of our responsibility, our oversight responsibility that has been given to us by the Constitution to follow up on this. And I'm telling you, man, if you cannot see a potential that the president of the United States is under the influence or control of a foreign government, you need to change your channel once in a while and look at another source no. of news because it's just so in your face. But, but every time you turn on the news to several of the channels, they'll say there's no evidence. There's just no evidence at all. But there is evidence in James Comer, Jim Jordan, and Jason Smith, the committee chairman who are leading this. All my friends. They're doing a wonderful job because they're being very thorough, methodical, not overly emotional. Right. They're just trying to get to the facts. And this inquiry will give them the tools. But they've already uncovered mountains of very serious evidence and information. I don't know how people ignore it. There are copies of checks written to Joe Biden. That's what we would call... A clue. And big checks, too, and Congressman. And big checks. And here's what we're doing. We are we're doing due diligence. We are not doing what the Democrat Party did to President Trump. You remember Ms. Tlaib? Oh, yeah. We're going to impeach the, you know what? Mm -hmm. That's right after she got elected. Yeah. So the Democrat Party decided to sabotage President Trump's 
uh, presidency out of malice and spite and for ideological reasons. And the Republican Party is acting incredibly responsible, and we will get down to the bottom of this, but we're going to do it in a lawful, methodical manner because that's how the founding fathers wanted us to do this. And uh, Alexander Hamilton, excuse me, um, in Federalist 65, it was very clear that you need to make sure that you take uh, methodical approaches before you impeach somebody or it's going to turn into a population or a popularity contest. Yeah. And we're just not going to do that. Well, and I, I think that's the right way. And, you know, at some point, if it went to the Senate, it probably wouldn't happen. So there's no point in rushing it. Only if there's such overwhelming evidence that you have Democrats that are finally saying, we can't stand it anymore, we can't defend it, then you have something to go on and not before. And I think that's a smart move of the House Republicans. I want to also talk about the border because Joe Biden now says that he will make some concessions about his border policy because he wants funding for Ukraine and and, and for Israel. Do you believe him? Do you think he will make concessions? And if so, what will they be? I have a hard time believing just about anything the president of the United States says right now. And that's not... That's not a, a fun statement to make as a member of Congress and an American citizen. One of the, a reporter, I think, from CNN asked me this last week, what type of concessions can we look for in the border? And I said, none. Hmm. Like, we can't concede the border. That over 7, 000, or 7 million people enter the country under our Joe Biden's watch. The leading cause of death for Americans aged uh, 18 to 45 is fentanyl. We know that's coming over the border and killing our brothers and sisters and uh, husbands, wives, children. And it's a disgrace. We've had uh, 600 or so people enter the country that are on the terrorist watch list under President Trump in 2012. I think that number was one. And we have uncontrolled uh, immigration into this nation, and it is a clear and present danger to the United States of America. So this is not a bargaining chip. This is a primary responsibility of the executive branch of the government is to secure the border and to protect American citizens, period. Congressman, you were in the military. I agree. Give him a hand. You were in the military for 26 years as a Navy SEAL. Most people don't stay that long as a Navy SEAL. I mean, that's a rugged, rugged calling. Uh, Why did you stay as long as you did, knowing full well you could have retired long before 26 years and retired with honor? You stuck to it for that long, far more than most people would. Why? Well... It is really difficult. I mean, I'm only 35. <laughs> so, sorry, that's, that's not true. Um, I love my country. Hmm. I love my country. And uh, Sarah Jane and I have been married now for over 30 years. We have four children. Um, three of them are still with us. Our oldest daughter, Sydney, passed a couple months ago. It was terrible. Um, and we're going to have our 11th grandchild. Hmm. And I want them to live in a nation that is free and prosperous. And at that period of my life, I was physically able to do that job. And so I did it. And now I can't physically do that job anymore because again, I'm not quite 35, a little bit more. (laughs) So now this is how I can serve my country so that I can make sure that our children and our grandchildren and your children and your grandchildren and their grandchildren can live in a country that is free and prosperous. And I can't think of a better reason to serve than to pass it on. And I I want people to understand something, Governor. I was raised in abject rural poverty Mm -hmm. by a single mother. I dropped out of high school when I was 16. I got a GED. I got an undergraduate degree at 44. I got accepted to law school at 50. I got Mm -hmm. elected to Congress at 52. Mm -hmm. So if I can do this, 
Anyone can do this. Anybody. I talked to a junior high school today in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and I was telling them to these kids, you know, we were on food stamps, government cheese, uh, subsidized lunches. And I, I wanted to say, look, kids, if this can happen to me, it can happen to you. On behalf of all of our audience, both in the theater and across the country watching, thank you, sir, for serving this country and keeping the rest of us free. And may God bless you and your family. Thank you very much for being with us. I appreciate it, Governor. Thank you. Congressman Van Orden is active on social media, and he's, by the way, fun to follow. So I hope you'll keep up with him and the work that he's doing in Washington. And as always, to do that, go to Huckabee.tv. We have direct links to the congressman and his social media. Keith Bilbrey is standing by, and we'll find out what else we have on the show tonight, because he's about to tell us. Well, coming up, Maureen Langan brings her comedy all the way from New York City. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Gosh, I hope I did that right. You're watching Huckabee. Welcome back, everybody. Maureen Langan is an internationally acclaimed comedian, broadcaster, TED Talk speaker, and corporate event host. She's performed all over the world with comic legends like Robin Williams and Jay Leno. She was a semifinalist on this season of America's Got Talent. She's currently hitting theaters with her Don't Make Me Hate You comedy tour. I know you're going to love Maureen Langan. Give her a big welcome, please. Let me tell you, I was a semifinalist this summer on America's Got Talent, and uh, there was a guy who set his mother on fire. I mean, she lived, but he set her on fire. Had I only known that was an option. I have a mother, a father, and five flammable siblings, huh? So um, I hate people, and um, I don't want to hate people. They make me hate them. I start out loving you. It's what you do that causes me to hate you. I'm a victim. I'm a, vi I'm a victim. I was on the Amtrak from New York to Boston because I'm very successful. And um, <laughs> when I got onto the train, I said hello to the conductor. Some uptight old lady in tweed jumps up and says, this is the quiet car. <laughs> I'm like, well, then shut up. I didn't want to say that. She made me say it. Do you see, I was, I was victimized in the moment. All right, so I went to the Starbucks and I said to the sweet barista, I mean the struggling actor, I said, please, sir, please, sir, I have the special espresso, sir. Please, like I'm Oliver Twist. To the young girls, that's like a Dickens novel. Anyway, um... And he says to me, oh, I'm sorry, that's only online. I said, but I'm in line. And he said, yeah, but it's only online. I said, not in line, he goes online. I go, all right, so if I go over here, I order online, 
and I get back in line to get my online order? He said, yes. I said, but I can't get my app to work. He says, erase your history. I said, 20 years of therapy, I haven't been able to erase my history. And I got the father, Yui Langan from the South Bronx, a retired New York City sanitation worker, a real street guy. He doesn't get this whole politically correct world. I said, hey, Dad, we don't call people homeless anymore. We say they're unhoused. Well, of course they're unhoused. They don't have a home. Therefore, they're homeless. Is this a riddle? Am I in a riddle? Is this a riddle? Is this woke? Is this, because if this is woke, I'm going back to bed. And when are you getting out of here? I go, you're kicking me out of your home? He goes, no, I'm unhousing you. <laughs> Yui Langen. So um, I really am a motivational speaker, and that's why the governor invited me here tonight. He said, please, Maureen, share your gifts. And that's called sarcasm. And um, <laughs> I'm here to let you know, it doesn't matter how old or ugly a man is, as long as he is wealthy or famous, he's gonna get a hot chick to the day he dies. Just the way it is. I didn't make this up. I learned this decades ago from Anna Nicole Smith, my spiritual advisor. <laughs> Remember her? Remember Anna? Anna? Remember Anna? Anna was married to an octogenarian in a wheelchair. That's a man in his 80s. Telling the young girls, Bambi and Bubbles. <laughs> he hadn't walked since Watergate. That was a political crisis in our country in the 1970s. <laughs> And he got Anna. I mean, she was voluptuous, gorgeous. He couldn't breathe on his own. Anybody seen the inequity? Anybody, anybody, anybody? Al Pacino. Al Pacino is 83 years old. Okay. His 29-year-old girlfriend recently had a baby. 29. And then she filed for custody. I'm like, why file? Just wait. <laughs> It's very type A, very type A. Just let the clock tick down. What is, okay. So, um, yeah, and it's over for me. I don't think it's over for me at all, but people treat me like that. My own sister for my birthday gave me a bread maker. A bread, because look at me, clearly that's what I want to do. I want to bake bread. What am I, a pilgrim? Am I a pilgrim? Then she says to me, well, you know, there has been a resurgence in America of women who are knitting and quilting. Stitch societies are popping up all around the country. <laughs> so she says to me, Maureen, why won't you just try crocheting? Why? Because we had an industrial revolution. <laughs> it's the reason I'm not down at the river beating my bloomers on a rock. <laughs> Mass production is factories and... Okay, so. Do you know who I blame? I'll tell you who I blame. I blame Martha Stewart. That's who I blame. She started all of it. We tried to get her to stop. We put her in jail. But she came out. And the problem with putting people in jail in America today is when they come out, they're more famous than before they went in. Right? So she gets rewarded with a cooking show with a rapper who loves his weed. Come on, girls. Snoop Dogg. He'd bring the pot, she'd bring the pan. It was bake and bake. And do you ever listen to how she talks? It's a little off, it's a little off. 
Let's marinade the meat. I used to meet in a marinade. Marinade, marinade, who talks like that? Martha grew up in New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey. Nobody marinades in New Jersey. You guys, I'm Maureen Langan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. Ruby, Ruby Bear. Oh, look who's here. <laughs> look at Outstanding, you. Maureen. By the way, if you want to hire Maureen Langan for your event and to see her funny TV pilot, if you go to Huckabee.tv, we will hook you up. This lady has a New York attitude, if I've ever heard one. I love the comedy. It is absolutely delightful to have her here. Right now, I know this. Nobody hates Keith Bilbrey because he's always got something great lined up for the show. Tell us what it is, Keith. Well, I come bearing good news, Governor. Coming up next, author Dick Morris on the corrupt Biden family operations. Then Whitney Miller will take us and teach us how to make some delicious Christmas cookies. That's still to come on Huckabee. for Democrats for Life President Kristen Day and the mind-boggling magic of Anna de Guzman. Bravo! You know, there's something very special going on with uh, our incredible band, Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. It is the birthday of our very own Trey Corley. I think that deserves a big hand along with the rest of the band. Happy birthday. I told Trey that it would be impolite to ask him how old he was, so I just asked him how much he weighed. I thought that that would be appropriate, but he didn't think so either. But anyway, happy birthday to the Trey. I want to introduce my next guest. Dick Morris is the host of Dick Morris Democracy on Newsmax. He's also one of America's top political strategists and prognosticators. I say that because he once was my political consultant and helped me get elected. So if you don't like my political life, blame him. Wasn't my fault. He's also the author of nearly a dozen best-selling books, including 2016's Armageddon, How Trump Can Beat Hillary. See, I told you he was a good prognosticator, right? Because he did beat Hillary. He's got a brand new book. It's a about a story that's developing and developing fast. And this is the book. It's called Corrupt, the inside story of Biden's dark money. Here to shine a light on that dark subject. Welcome, Dick Morris. Good well, to have you here, Dick. Good to be here with us. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure. You know, it's our 33rd anniversary, Mike. Yes, it is. Yes, 33 years ago, you and I first met and uh, you were in an all-democratic state of Arkansas. Yes. With no chance to win the election. None. Having just gotten slunged <laughs> in the Senate race. <laughs> and um, you and I worked together. And what did you win by a landslide? Like five votes or it something? It was something like that. It yeah. was very close. But you, here's what was amazing. You predicted 30 minutes after the polls closed that I was going to win, and you told me the exact percentage. Yeah. You right. sat over there on the side of a bed in a hotel room that we were waiting for the results, and you were scribbling furiously on some piece of paper. I have no idea what you were writing. And you said, you're going to win. Yep. And I said, what do you mean I'm going to win? They barely closed the polls. He said, you're going to win. It's going to be, I think, 51 to 49. Yeah. And I said, Dick, there's no way you could know that right now. Three hours later, it was 51 to 49. Yep. And it just, we were all yep. blown away. 
Well, I'm working very closely now with Donald Trump and been supporting him and working with him. And um, I remember, and I just want to tell you that I have urged President Trump to look at two people for vice president, Kerry Lake and Sarah Huckabee. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. This week, the House has entered into an impeachment inquiry. Uh, you have written extensively. In fact, one of the things about your book, there is a version of it that can be obtained online because things are changing so rapidly yeah. that you're having to update it almost exactly. daily. Exactly. I've updated it What is it? Times. When people say, oh, there's no evidence. Joe Biden, there's no evidence that he's done anything wrong. Yeah, what well, would you say to that? What I would say to them, I'd start with the fact that when he left the vice presidency, he was hired by the University of Pennsylvania at a salary of a million dollars a year to preside over the Biden Institute for Global Engagement. Oh. Never taught a class, never showed up on campus. And then it turned out that that, that program was funded with $54 million of anonymous donations from China. From China? So, and, and he hired among his staff uh, the future Secretary of State Blinken and nine other people on the payroll of that institute who are now on the national security team. So China funded the a farm team, essentially, for the Biden administration, and the president of the United States was on the payroll of China for four years and made several million dollars from it. When he left the Senate, his net worth was $29,000, which means he was wow. either honest or dumb. <laughs> now, when he entered the presidency, his net worth was over $10 million. And all of that came from bribery. In fact, and when you look at his tax returns for 17 and 18, there's about $10 million of income that can't be explained. And, you know, he was honest enough to declare it, but it's a bribe. And uh, that's going to be coming out more and more. The purpose of the impeachment inquiry is not to impeach him. It's to investigate him hmm. in a way where the media has to cover it because it's the president of the United States. And the stuff that's going to come out is incredible. But, you know, the title of my book is wrong. It says corrupt. Yeah. The title should be treason. Because hmm. you think it really does go to that level. Because when we sell out the influence to an enemy, and yeah. I, let's just be honest, China exactly. is not our friend. Exactly. They are an adversary. Yeah. And if you sell out your own country to an yeah. adversary, I, I see where you... Corruption is to. taking a $10,000 bribe to arrange a sewer contract. Yeah. This is treason. And uh, I cite 20 things in this book that decisions Biden has made that benefit China and hurt America. Start with the fact that he basically stopped any serious inquiry into the origins of COVID. I yeah. mean, you talk about genocide. That yeah. was genocide. Uh, and the theory that some stray bat bit somebody and that's how it got out there. I say, what was China doing perfecting a virus that would be more likely to kill people and more likely to be caught? And then now China's working at replacing the dollar and the world global supremacy. Kennedy almost took us into a war to stop bases in Cuba for mm. Russians. Mm. And now Cuba, and now uh, China has a base in Russia. And they are circling the world, giving out loans to countries, largely third world dictators who pocket the loans. And he comes to them and they say, he says, dictator, you need an airport. He said, airport, I don't get any flights here. My tiny country. Mm -hmm. He says, no, here's $400 million for an airport, but it's a loan. 
but you don't have to repay it. Just give us a lien on your rare earth minerals and your uranium, and then if by some chance you don't pay it, we'll just take those and you'll be fine. And that's how they are amassing a collection of rare earth minerals that are essential to any kind of environmental steps like electric cars or, uh, or windmills or any of those. I mean, the, the Chinese are basically beating our brains out with stuff, and it's almost like there's an oblivious spirit in Washington that they don't care. You know, when I worked for Bill Clinton, <laughs> mea culpa, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, um, I watched as he basically was trying to bribe its way into power. Uh, China was not in the World Trade Organization. Clinton let them in. Clinton set up a system where they were permanently in. They didn't have to be renewed. And then they financed his campaign. When the House investigators asked me about it, I said, well, I did his campaign. I didn't know he was sending out for Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> but the history of China bribing its way into power began with Clinton and continued under Biden. And they're both responsible for that. And, uh, and but... China has changed to a point where it's now our adversary, and therefore it's no longer corruption, it's treason. I think your book is an important one, and I hope people, whether they get the online version or the physical version, will get it. And if, if, if you're thinking, well, there's no evidence, I guarantee you if you read Dick's book, you'll realize there is a mountain of evidence, and it's what Congress is trying to go after. If you go to Huckabee.tv, we will provide you a link to Dick's website. That's where you can get his eye-opening new book, Corrupt. Find all of his latest commentaries. You can watch him on Newsmax every weekend. Right now, Keith Bilbrey will prognosticate himself about what might even be coming up on the show. Keith? Oh, I can smell it already. Mouth-watering Christmas cookies with the incredible Whitney Miller. That's right after the break. Don't go away. and get 15% off your order. Not too late. Shipping for Christmas ends December 20th. Go to Huckabee.tv and order now. Well, Americans fell in love with Mississippi native Whitney Miller when she won the very first season of Fox's MasterChef. That's where she was dubbed the pastry princess. Well, she just kept rising from there. See what I did there, huh? <laughs> Writing best-selling cookbooks like her latest, which is, I think, just perfect. It's called New Southern Table. She also founded her own cookie company, Whitney's Cookies, here to show us how to make the perfect Christmas cookie. I want you to welcome Whitney Miller. Welcome. Thank you. You know, you did a little bit with our show several years ago. Yes. In the early days, we went down to Southern Tennessee and made chicken and dumplings with this wonderful retired Marine, Hoyt Tidwell. And I told you then, we got to get you on the show to do your own thing. And it took this long to finally get you here. I know. Yes, a lot has happened. But this is a perfect time because I launched Whitney's Cookies in 2020. And so much has happened since then. And recently, we launched our own cookie store. So you can go down to downtown Franklin and sample lots of our cookies I'm gonna give Not that you... I would ever do that, of course. Uh, <laughs> you're going to show us how to make a yeah, cookie. Yeah, so this is the first cookie that I really ever created. This is yeah. a brownie cookie. 
So, I'm gonna get you to help me. Okay. This is four eggs All right. and a half a teaspoon of vanilla, and you can go ahead and start stirring that together. Okay. We're gonna add some sugar. Now, this is a little chef's tip. Um, I use raw cane sugar. Mm. So it's bigger okay. granules, and it has that like cane sugar flavor. Like mm -hmm. regular granulated sugar, I just feel like just missing that flavor profile. And then this is Nutella. So that was one and a fourth cups ah, of I thought there was sugar. Chocolate. Nutella. And then Nutella, a fourth cup of that. I mean, just chocolate on chocolate. By the way, we're going to have the recipe on our website when we connect you to Whitney. So don't don't worry if you're not getting it all real quickly. Now, more chocolate, of course. This is brownie. Mm. So mm. I melted this. And you mm. want it to go ahead and, like, thicken and chill. Mm -hmm. So just like you're doing, if you're at home, what I would recommend is, if this is a little warm, it's called tempering the eggs. Oh. So Am I doing a, a phenomenal job over time. here? Perfect. There we go. Perfect. That's a word I, I hear from my wife all the time. Perfect. Okay. Not. So all that comes together. That's chocolate and butter. Mm. Now we're going to add the part that's going to make it a cookie. Because okay. right now it's like fudge. Right. Um, so we have some flour, half a <laughs> cup of flour. And then we have the leavener, and that's baking powder and some salt. Mm. This just comes together. You just keep dumping stuff in there. I got to stir it all up. There you and go. And then once it's all combined, what do you think we're going to add? That looks like semi-sweet chocolate, is it? We're going to add dark chocolate. chocolate, yes. You know, I called it semi-sweet. It's supposed to be dark chocolate. It used to be semi-sweet <laughs> when it came when I was a kid, but now we call it dark chocolate because it sounds better and it's healthier. And it's Oh, you're supposed to have it. Yeah, it is, it is my favorite. I do like it So those little better. chunks of chocolate is mm -hmm. just going to give you like little puddles of like ooey gooey lava. Mm. And this is going to set up in the fridge. You want this to set up for like an hour or two. Okay. It really needs to get nice and thick. And then you're just going to take a cookie scoop, scoop it up, put it on your uh, baking sheet. And I like to line mine with parchment paper. Two reasons. One, it makes it less mess mm -hmm. and it doesn't stick. Parchment paper is the greatest invention ever. Really yes. I mean, I just love it. It's so good. You could just take it off the pan, put the pan right back in the cabinet yeah. and throw the parchment paper away. It's wonderful. <laughs> Did y'all know that? Yeah, absolutely. If you didn't, you do now. <laughs> so This is thick now, Whitney. You don't need to stick this in a refrigerator. Never be able to stir it. I think I've done this. I've got it's carpal perfect. tongue now. It's perfect. It's perfect. You can also use um, a hand mixer. Too. Okay. But I wanted right. you to go work out, so. Well, I did. But it's worth it because I'm looking at those cookies and I'm thinking I'm going to get one here in a minute. So this is the finished product for Whitney's cookies. The cookies that you're going to make at home are going to be a little bit smaller than this, but I just love like the not. wow factor. Or you could use a big <laughs> cookie scoop and have the wow factor at home. You know what? Yeah. I would think a scoop of ice cream on top of that yes. might. Yes. Did you hear the audience? <laughs> <laughs> They're into That's it, I tell you, they favorite. are. And the tip is to serve it warm. Yes. Like, that's my big thing. So if you come in our store yeah. in downtown Franklin, we will serve every cookie warm. Really? that is, to me, the way to go. I couldn't agree more. That yes. is a wonderful way to serve a cookie. These are some of the samples that you have that you have at yes. your store. Yes. So we have, we always say classic chocolate chip, but this is better than any chocolate chip cookie you'll ever have. There's some secret ingredients in there. Then we do something even more special. We okay. take this brownie cookie dough, yeah. we roll it into little balls, okay. and then we stuff it inside of a chocolate chip cookie. It's our stuffed no chocolate chip kidding. cookie. No Like that one right there? Yes. You see how big and like mound up it is? Yes. So if you break it open, it's fudgy and gooey. Can I break that open right oh, yeah. now and look oh, at yeah. it? 
<laughs> I know others and didn't again, want me to do this. Like oh man, look at that. Wow. I, I you know, know that just for health purposes, I'll need to take a bite to make sure nobody would get hurt. Mmm. Wow. That'll work. Oh my gosh. Okay, so not only can you come to Franklin. Yes. But people can order these cookies online, right? They can order them online. We ship them nationwide. Mm. Um, it's the perfect gift to, perfect cookie to gift mm -hmm. to your friends and family um, all throughout the year for those special occasions. I've always been a cookie lover, like for my birthdays or anything. So give me a cookie and um, put a candle in it. I'm good to go. And you know what's really cool? You're, I mean, just razor thin, and it's amazing <laughs> that you can eat cookies. And I think this is a good indication that if you eat cookies, you lose weight. This is the greatest cookie in the world. Eat Whitney's cookies, lose the weight, and be thin like her. By golly, I like this lady. Okay. I have a little bit of something to warm you up. Okay. So my great-grandmother would make homemade hot chocolate. Mm. And, you know, it's getting colder here in Tennessee. Yes. So the perfect pairing, and you can even dunk, because, you know, we haven't had enough chocolate tonight, so let's just add more chocolate. <laughs> that ought to do it right there, Whitney. Yes. Okay, and, can... and I love that, you know, this is true Southern girl. You can dunk the cookie. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Whitney ships cookies <laughs> all over the country. Let her do the baking this year. I think you will be happy you did. If you visit Huckabee.tv for more information on Whitney's Cookies, you can stop by her brand new store in Franklin, Tennessee, just south of Nashville, and pick some up in person. Keith, I'm sorry you're not having one of these, and you're not going to get one. But <laughs> what you can do is you can tell everybody what's coming up next. And maybe if you do it well, we'll get you a cookie. Uh, promises, promises. Stay right where you are. Trey Corley and the Music City Connection perform when we come back. Oh, I want one of those cookies on Huckabee. Thank you to all the volunteers, emergency workers, TBN staff and crew members that worked around the clock this past week to clean up and restore our campus here in Tennessee. By God's grace and their hard work, we're able to put a show on for you tonight. Be sure to keep the victims of this tragedy in your prayers and keep your eyes to the North Star as we await for the newborn king. Right now performing, Come Let Us Adore, Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. <laughs> <laughs>